I dressed up for Mike because yeah. I knew that he'd be looking at me with quite disdain throughout <laughs> most of this. Can we all just talk about how this might get cut out, but also that Mike is the one who chooses what gets to be in this? Do you want to edit in this? No. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do not. That's what I fucking thought. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Holy Spirits, the show where we're not going to heaven, but you might be. Not me. My name's Mike. I'm Tara. I'm Heather. And we have Lola the dog with us today, which is... (laughs) Say hi, Lola. I just want everyone to know that this dog has never paid one ounce of attention to me. I've been to this house quite a few times, and now she's sitting in my lap, and she's letting me pet her. Mm -hmm. It's um, a big day. It's a big big day. This is going to be a wonderful episode, because Mm -hmm. Lola is here. Mm -hmm. My heart is full. My drink is full. (laughs) It's going to be fan-freaking-tastic. So excited. So excited. Let's do it. Today, we are talking about Noah and the Flood, Mm -hmm. and events thereafter. It's really more about Noah than the Flood. Just to kind of kick it off. No, we can't kick it off yet. You want to know why? Oh. We haven't talked about what our spirit is. Oh, fuck me. Oh, shit. Yep. It's all right. Tara's here. Yeah. <laughs> and our Tara Holy Vodka. Spirit of the day is vodka. Vodka and cherry limeade. Cherry yep. vodka. And we are available. Our email address is holyspiritspodcast at gmail.com. And our SoundCloud is soundcloud.com slash holy underscore spirits. There we go. We're in this. And we did. We wanted to take a second just because there has been a lot of stuff in the news lately and uh i know that on the podcast we mostly have fun and talk about bible stuff but we do talk about the more serious things that are involved in bible stuff we talk about race stuff pretty frequently on the show and so we wanted to express solidarity with all of the protests that are happening right now because no lives matter until black lives matter and we definitely understand that the thing that we're talking about, the Bible and the kind of sociology that surrounds the Bible, is a big part of the systematic racism that African Americans experience in our country and that's and in our world. And you know, that's all completely unacceptable. So we wanted to we wanted to express our support and we wanted to say that we are a firmly anti-racist podcast. Amen. Absolutely. And even though the times are scary right now, we are determined to sit around and have a little bit of fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And be a safe place for all. Absolutely. We're just surrounded by love. We yeah. are surrounded by love. So let's let's go ahead and get started then. Do you guys want to recap the Cain and Abel story really fast so we can kind of set the stage for where we are in Genesis? That was so long. I know. <laughs> so, it was like two weeks ago. So um, long. Three, maybe. Ever. It was two months ago. It was two what? months ago? No. You're yeah. a liar. We, have a, we do about an episode a month. Lies. Wow. We need to we need to commit to I wanted office. to do Noah last week. <laughs> yeah. Heather was oh. not getting her hair done. <laughs> yeah. I I am sorry. True. I totally screwed it up. I canceled the podcast because I finally got into my hairdresser to cover these grays. And so I'm going June twenty-fourth. <laughs> <laughs> not May twenty-fourth. I totally got my it's quarantine. I can't keep track of that. Listen, months, time because, is a construct. You know, time so, is a construct. So that was all on me. I apologize. It's going to be worth it. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. going to be I'm going to be banging. I'm going to be banging. So Cain and Abel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't remember which one dies, but one of them does. Abel, Abel, Abel. Abel, Abel dies. Cain killed Abel. Cain killed Abel. And then Out of jealousy. they had Sebastian. Seth. <laughs> Seth. So close. <laughs> so, so 
Claus. Also, the name you gave him was Sodomy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sodomy. Good old Sodomy. He was a yeah. good man. Yeah. And Cain was... He got banished. Cursed. Yeah. yeah. Cursed, mm-hmm. if you will, to work the earth and... You know, he was no, 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 no. that he couldn't work. Oh, he, he couldn't, couldn't work the earth. He wanted so to work So he became like an architect and built cities. Yeah, something yes. like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know. But he was so, the creator. Door closes, window opens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Cain, for that. Yeah. Um, um, and then all of his heirs were cursed as well. Yes. And so they all had the mark of Cain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so the main thing that I want to focus on in terms of getting Noah started from Cain and Abel is the, the descendants. Yeah. Family tree it. Right. right, he's descended from Seth. Yes, yeah, yeah, from sodomy. Yeah, the only two people who have descendants at this point in time. Well, there are many people on the earth. We know that, but the only two bloodlines that there are officially are the bloodlines of Seth and Cain. Okay, they don't, they don't cross bloodlines. It's, oh, I'm sure they must. Yeah, that's that's the kind of thing that they don't really address, but that like certainly must have happened. Yeah, and so like, what are those people just like? Like how do you do? How do you determine what bloodline they are? Well, t- there are. Are they mud bloods? <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say they're mud bloods, but I didn't. I, I thought it might be too early for the Harry Potter reference. Well, it's no, never, never too, too early, early for the Harry Potter reference. <laughs> Usually, with these things, you have the patrilineal thing where mm-hmm. it's like father. if it yeah d- if you if you are descended through the father's line all the way back to Seth, then you are the race of Seth, even if you have some Cain blood in you. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Cain is cursed. That kind of throws a supernatural wrench into the idea of, like, ancestry. Yeah. So we can't really say for sure. Okay. So basically, our blood is... It doesn't matter, because it just matters what comes from the man. It is a thing that, ironically, mitochondrial DNA only moves through matrilineal lines, so... That's- it's just, it's the perfect example of, Biology. Like, yeah, yeah, these people like, had no science. Yeah. Yeah. So, can you guys tell me what you already know about Noah? Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? I'll go first. Go. Bring Let's it. Let's mix it up. Yeah. yeah. God spoke to him mm-hmm. and said, there's a flood coming, and you need to build an ark to save your family, because basically God chose his family because he was the most righteous or the best person in the world Mm -hmm. so you're gonna build an ark here are the plans i don't know how he built that fucking thing i mean (laughs) it's huge anyway you know bring up bring on your sons and i thought i thought the sons went out and found wives before the flood happened but i think there's some like no they didn't yes they did so i'm a little confused on that part Mm -hmm. so i'm not sure and you know you're gonna have you know every kind of species which I really think is kind of off the wall because I don't know how that would happen. Um, I'm sorry, what do you mean how that would happen? Like how he'd be able to find those? Well, supposedly they just knew to go and find the Ark. Like but when Simba was born and so all the animals just came to Pride Yes, it's exactly like that. I know the Ark was big, but I don't know. Come on. Yeah. And then like, I guess did every single fish just like swim alongside the Ark? I don't know. Rain for 40 days, 40 nights. Um, they sent off a dove every day to go find land. One day, the dove came back with, I don't know if it was an olive branch, some sort of greenery. And like, hey, woohoo, we found land. Dove brought about some weed, like, yeah. hey, I found undergrads. Yeah. <laughs> undergrads. Oh Got the greenery, man. <laughs> yes. Or we write in history. Yeah. <laughs> so much, that's so much better. They landed, and they all was well. <laughs> I don't know. I think they... I think the brothers or the yeah the sons went off to different 
areas. The one thing I want to find out, sorry, is if the sons did go out and find wives to bring on the boat with them. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's one thing I'm really interested in. All right. So circa 2001, 13, 14, I believe a movie came out with Russell Crowe about Noah. And Shit, I cannot believe I didn't reference that movie. Yeah. Go ahead. It's so, so bad. It is. It's awful. It's a horrible movie. And I took my husband to go see it because he loves the Bible. And the whole time I just kept nudging him and being like, why is this happening? I don't understand. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. So this is what I took from it. Noah. He was married to this woman. He had two sons. He just was like, oh, these boys that I was gifted, what did I do wrong, God? I want to be a man of God. And God was like, listen, I'm going to tell you something. There's some shit about to go down on this world, okay? I'm not very happy with the way things have been. I'm going to make it rain. And it's not going to be dollar dollar bills all. It's going to be real actual rain. I need you to build yourself a boat. <laughs> um, I mean, that's how he has to show his commitment to God, is he has to build the boat. I also thought that it was very Simba Pride Rock, where like a light just shone on the boat, and all of a sudden animals just started showing up for it. Yeah, very much so. I think that's how it's portrayed in the movie as well. I don't quite remember, but somehow animals get there. And then they suddenly find land, they get off the land, and Russell Crowe's naked on the beach. That's what I remember about Noah's Ark. So that's the story of Noah. Thank you all for joining us. (laughs) I've done a really wonderful job. Mike's so impressed. First of all, the Russell Crowe movie of Noah is about as accurate in terms of the bible as the anastasia movie is in terms of its history where there's like a talking bat and rasputin is an (laughs) undead sorcerer i was just gonna say so there's not a talking bat. no (laughs) (laughs) no it's nothing like that at all i'm afraid and actually i'm fucking grateful because the only thing that would make the noah story more boring was the Russell Crowe was yeah, in it? it honestly yeah the story would only be worse if it was Russell Crowe because <laughs> honestly that movie is fucking terrible it is we mentioned before that there are two or the three sorry possible explanations for the flood one of them being the race of Cain and God's pissed about the Cain the other one being the Nephilim so the race of Cain is not indicated in the text because it just it doesn't say anything about that The Nephilim is motivated by the fact that the text says that the uh, sons of God come down and, like, marry mortals. And it's really unclear if the sons of God are people or if they're supposed to be angels. Mm -hmm. If they're angels, then it's a Nephilim problem that God's getting rid of. Otherwise, it just means a lot of people were getting together and, like, being really bad and just, you know, having a lot of kids. And then wickedness spreads as humanity spreads because humans are very sinful because of Adam and Eve, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Those are kind of our, our three explanations for the flood, are wickedness, Nephilim, or race of Cain. And I'm sorry, what was Nephilim? Part human, part angel. Yes, half okay. human, half angel. Okay. Um, I was thinking necrophilia, and I was like, this is not what I thought we were signed up for. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that there's necrophilia in the Bible, but I guess I don't know. We'll get there. <laughs> Control F, <laughs> yeah. necrophilia. The Nephilim are possible, so they are probably half angels, sometimes they're giants, sometimes they're, uh, you know, who who knows, really. Anyway, the world sucks now, everything's wicked, everything's bad, and humans are doing shit that God doesn't like, so he's like, I'm just, I think I fucked this one up, so he's like, I'm just gonna shake the Etch-a-Sketch, I'm gonna unleash a crazy flood that's gonna wipe everything out, 
Let's redo. Yeah, and let's just uh, control alt delete this motherfucker. So there are two different versions of the flood story that get combined in Genesis. I don't want to spend too much time on this because it's kind of a deep topic. Like I would have to really delve into the research. Mm. But the reason I bring it up is that, like with so many parts of the Bible, because there are multiple sources, there are contradictions. So like that's my disclaimer is that there are contradictions in the flood myth because there were different sources that were used when the book of Genesis was written. Okay. So I'm going to refer back to that. One of, so one of the stories is, like, not as dramatic. It's like, God floods the world. And the other one is like, heavens, they open. Like, it's way more like, ah. And it's like, God is much more magnanimous in one. And in the other one, he's like, yeah, he flooded things. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of, you know, yeah. we just We needed to shake up the extra sketch. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But at one point, when I was reading the flood myth, I actually had to get out a whiteboard and, like, try to document the... Uh, timeline because there are two timelines mm-hmm. and they rest on top of each other okay but it's like very confusing can we talk about for a second that mike has a whiteboard at home <laughs> that- oh i have like four whiteboards at home <laughs> you guys we will never be at a mic level like mike <laughs> talks about every once in a while about one of us taking the reins of doing research i don't own a whiteboard <laughs> like, <laughs> gonna happen. what do you write on i, I know you have you, i bet you have a room dedicated to murder boards yeah not today anyway (laughs) so god loves noah for some reason and he gives him advance notice that the world is way too sinful and he says that he should build a damn boat because he and his family are chosen to be spared noah's really righteous apparently apparently he's like the best person in his generation and god's like fuck everyone but maybe not you buddy Mm -hmm. uh so he gives him a lot of direction for the ark it has to be so many cubits long and so many cubits wide, and it has to have, like, all of these specifications. Is cubits a form of measurement? A cubit is, I believe, from your fingertip to your elbow. It's a forearm length. Your middle finger? I think so. Okay. But so, yeah, it's, it's a really inconsistent unit of measurement because mm-hmm. people are different heights, but, like, roughly that amount is what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So he also says to take food and to take two of each animal. He does not say how... He gathers the animals. So I don't know if Noah is like, in ninth grade, we had to do the bug project where you have to catch a bunch of bugs. You have to like rent out nets and like. Yeah, I can't believe they did that when you were in elementary school. Because they did that, or not middle school, they did that for me too. That project was so much fucking work. Mm -hmm. And Noah is apparently having to wrangle all these various animals. Is he like catching mosquitoes? Like, it it never really says. Can we talk about like what a dick move it is to bring the mosquitoes? (laughs) Well, that's that's always like a recurring joke. Thanks, Noah. It's like a recurring joke in the newspaper comics. It'll be like, oh yeah, one of the unicorns on the ark died. And that's why there are no unicorns. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so then rain comes 40 days, 40 nights. The 40 days is significant because that's a magic number in Judaic mythology. And I thought that seven. Seven is also a magic number. Oh, we have more. And so the rain's going to come for 40 days, and it's going to start in seven days. So we have two of the most important numbers of the He only had seven days to make this shit? Yeah, better get going on that fucking art. Wait, what? Now yeah. that I didn't know he I had thought that he had days. 40 days. No, the rain's coming the rain's for 40 days. For oh. I didn't know that he only had seven days to build it. That is impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Which this is, is witchcraft. Him and his sons. Yeah. Who we all have already talked about how waste of space they were. Yeah. 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 In so, Tara's version. <laughs> so, but they have, they're actually three sons, not two. And they are Shem, Ham, and Japheth. I'm sorry. <laughs> Japheth? Well, yeah. How many 
freaking people name their kid Noah because they're like, what a beautiful boy name for my new baby boy. Where's Jeff? <laughs> and Ham. And, and Ham. Jimin. I mean, they, each of them has a wife. All the wives are on the ark. None of them has a name. So they did have wives. They did have wives. Yes. They were old enough to have wives. Yeah. In the Russell um, Crowe version, yeah, they, they look like they're 12. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, of course. Let's be clear. Life expectancy was like 40. Right. You know, that. you better. You're very young. You better. You, you get better married. Lock it down when you can. Yeah. As soon as you are able to mm-hmm. get a Woody. Yeah. As soon as you hit puberty. So, I mean, their names are super weird for us because we are modern day English speakers. Right. Their names are super contested anyway. Um, like Shem apparently means name in Hebrew. So his name is name, but like maybe it meant something else back then. Like we don't really know. Interesting. Um, Japheth might mean beauty. That's also super disputed. I like ham. So ham means hot in Hebrew. (laughs) (laughs) See, I was right on. (laughs) But uh, so I think it's ham, but it's it means hot in Hebrew. But he's also related to Egypt. Not to get ahead of ourselves, but when the repopulation of the world thing happens, uh, one of his descendants populates Egypt, and so it's possibly related to the Egyptian word hem, which means majesty. You know. I'm just saying, I still, my instinct of ham was the right choice. I think so. Because I'm loving some Egyptian, I'm mm-hmm. loving being a majesty. I mean, yeah. Prince of Egypt. Yeah. The Bible contradicts itself on who's older, if it's ham or if it's Japheth. Um, so, like, who the fuck knows. But Shem seems to be the oldest and whatever. Oh. So... Uh, Noah's family, they all get on board the fucking ark. They all have a bunch of animals, unclear how he gathers the animals. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to wait out the flood. But then, because there's a second story, so he brings two of each animal in one version. In the other version, he brings seven pairs of the ritually clean animals and one pair of the unclean ones. So, like, what, um, what are we... <laughs> And so the the clean versus unclean is like a kosher thing. Yeah, I was just going to say, are those mm-hmm. kosher animals? Yeah. Yes. I learned this for the first time as I was doing this research. Uh, in the kind of kosher practice, animals that have cloven hooves and chew cud, or ruminate is another word for that, they are kosher. But you can't do one and not the other. So cloven hooves is like, you have like goat feet, right? Where you have kind of... Um, mm-hmm. almost like two hooves. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then if they ruminate, that's the biological process where grass is made of cell walls, which are really hard to digest. Mm-hmm. So like cows have multiple stomachs and they also, it's really, really gross. If you watch a video of it, they like regurgitate the grass that they've already eaten so they can chew it again because it's so hard to digest. And that's why cows are always kind of passively chewing. Mm-hmm. It's a, also a sign. Remember how we talked about how history is like kind of dumb and like no one really cares. Mm-hmm. Um, about whether or not something is literally true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They don't, like, figure out, like, there are no standards for ritually clean in Noah's time because the mm-hmm. ritually clean stuff gets laid out in, like, Leviticus, which is after the Exodus. I feel like, like Leviticus has a lot of work later on. Dude, Leviticus is so much work. Yeah. We're going to talk about Leviticus more a little bit later, too. Okay. Anyway, so the kosher thing props up um, in the book of Noah, or in the story of Noah, which is interesting. Obviously, I think it goes without saying that two of each animals is biologically unlikely you're not gonna like that's not a viable way to reproduce animals without mm-hmm. them getting all weird and incesty mm-hmm. i mean look how much we ruin dogs <laughs> bye lola <laughs> <laughs> she's a pure shih tzu i will have you know right and she used to be a mighty wolf that was like very large and, you know yeah she's a pure delicate flower. um so anyway 
It rains like crazy. The mountains are covered in water, which is a very big deal, of course, because they're very high. Everything on the land, all the birds die. They never talk about fish. So mm. I have a lot of questions about the fucking fish. Thanks. I do, too. I figure that they must, I mean, they must not have bothered to bring them onto the fucking ark. But, like, rain is fresh water. You're going to ruin all the saltwater animals. I'm Plus. sure they didn't think that through. <laughs> According to one legend, every drop of rain is cursed to burn sinners. It's God mm. rain. So it, like, it not only kills everyone and, like, floods the earth and washes everyone out. But, but it, it also them. Burn, yeah, like, so you can't just be like, oh, well, I know how to swim, so I'll be fine, and I'll just, like, tread water for 40 oh days. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I did not know that. That's, that's not in the Bible. That that's a true. It's horrific. acid rain. I, I know, that's what I was thinking. That is horrific. That's, that's not in the Bible. That's one of the extra biblical traditions, but yeah, no, that is. I love it. Wait, right? are we still in Old Testament? We're, we are still in Old Testament. That makes we're, sense. we're in the first that, book of the Old tracks. Testament. That tracks. Yeah. We have a lot of Old Testament. Yeah. Okay. okay, so here's a question, because it's raining now. Mm-hmm. What, like... Don't people see him making this arc? Is it like people are like, hey, Noah, you're crazy. There's not going to be any rain. Or is it like, hey, Noah, why can't I get a ticket for your boat? It really, the Bible doesn't say. Both, maybe. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking it would probably be both. The Bible doesn't say explicitly. I think usually the. Or did he just cover it with a sheet every night? It was like, (laughs) don't pay attention to what I'm doing. The water floods the earth for 150 days. What? I'm sorry, I thought, I thought it was 40. 40. But so this is the thing, is that um, this is You're where the other story interlap, overlaps. It rains for 40 days and 40 nights, but then the flood seems to continue longer. So then, that, so okay, so it rains for 40 days for rains, and then they're just floating around for like 110 more days. 150. So actually it's 190 days. The timeline is confusing. Like I say, it's probably because there are two... Mm-hmm. That's why I brought it up. I mean, that's the most biological... Not biological. Uh, science, logical? Like science-y, logistical, yeah. logistical thing that you've said this whole time. Mm-hmm. Like, it would take a while to get rid of that much water. Right. So, like... Oh, yeah. I never thought about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just, like, they woke up and they were like, it's done raining! No more water! There's mm-hmm. some green shit! Let's go play with our tent there. Yeah. Yeah. Then the water starts to recede eventually, and Noah and the family land on Mount Ararat, which is in Turkey. Uh, it's right by Armenia and Iran. It's like... I just can't tell you how much I... over there. Yes. How is Armenia not, like, a place where everyone goes for any sort of Bible-thumping anything? I actually have a lot of thoughts on that, but we'll have to address them another time. Okay. And also, it, this was just, this was the world as the Israelites knew it. Like, this was everything around them. Yeah. It would kind of be like all of my stories, like, we live in Kansas City. It would be like all of my stories involving Nebraska and Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is what's nearby, so like, mm-hmm. this is what I know, so this is what I'm going to, you know, base my stories on. Yeah. And I could, you know, include Spain. In theory, I should know that Spain is a place, and I... It just so happens that I've been there, but if I've never left my home area in Spain, they speak a different language and they have a different climate and they have a different history and everything, yeah. well then that's not approachable to me, so I'm not going to bother. That's fair. Yeah, yeah that's, that makes sense. They land on Mount Ararat, then there's a whole episode in retrospect, which I think is weird, where Noah sends out a dove from the ark to see if there's any land around. And the dove keeps coming back, um, and then eventually it comes back with an olive branch, and then he sends it out, and it doesn't come back. So he's like, okay, well, there must be land, because the dove obviously found some, because, you know, otherwise it would mm-hmm. be dead. There's also another contradiction-ish thing where he, like, it says that he releases a raven before he releases the dove, but then the raven doesn't seem to do anything, so then why bother with the dove if you've already... 
it's just fucking weird. Like, the bird thing is weird. Okay. Yeah, ravens are very smart birds. They are very smart birds. That That's true. Noah is 600 years old. Okay, why? When the flood comes. Because people lived a long time back then. But we also talked about the life expectancy being, like, 20 years old. Yes. So... Oh my god, that's a good point. Yes. Like, so why are people so getting married are, at yeah. 13? Yeah. Well, it's like a whole thing. They're, and are their wives lasting that long? They don't... I don't think that they talk about wife lifespan not off the top of my head they do obviously the patriarchs uh methuselah who is noah's like he's one of noah's ancestors anyway mm-hmm. methuselah lives like a thousand years or some ungodly amount of time oh the, like fucking dumbledore yeah the idea is that people lived longer in the ancient like mystical world they were closer to god god is obviously fucking around all the time in the old testament dealing with people sending down signs you know he's very involved yeah and the idea is that uh, as God kind of retreats and as humans um, self-propagate their own sin because sex is sinful and Adam and Eve fucked up so bad and now every generation we get a little bit more sinful and so God kind of draws back a little bit. So that's one line of thought of why we don't live so long. Uh, a different thought is that people live for a long time before the flood. And then one of the ways, remember I said that one of the flood myths had a more epic God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that God opens the gates of heaven to release the flood. That's the terminology they use. And so some people interpret that as he removes the firmament. He, like, takes the cap off the sky. And because the cap is off the sky, like, I guess you would interpret that as, like, trapped radiation manages to escape now, radiation being God energy. And so now that the firmament is gone, we can't live as long. So, like, there are various mm-hmm. ideas, but... Yeah, that's it, interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it is clear that after... The flood, humans don't live as long, according to the biblical records. Mm. There are also, like, people who are kind of apologists for the Bible talking about that, and they say, you know, instead of years, those are months. Like, instead of solar cycles, those are lunar cycles. Which would put Noah, I think 600 years is like 80 years old or something. But if you do make that switch, then there are people who live, like, 80 years, and, like, that doesn't make any sense. They'd be very young, and yeah. so it doesn't make sense. They'd be, that like, they would seven, be... so they wouldn't be, like, running a town. Right, exactly. Yeah. Building so an ark. They wouldn't be a Pontius Pilate. Yeah. Right. So by so Noah is 600 years old when the flood starts. We obviously have a, a great deal of time that it's raining, and then it's flooding, and then they are trying to figure out if the birds are landing. By his 601st birthday, the water is gone. So we are finally post-flood. Okay, so a year of time. Mm-hmm, just about. And then they land, and Noah immediately... So going back to uh, when they first land on Mount Ararat, because the story has all kinds of weird chronology. It keeps leaping forward and then leaping back. But so when they land, Noah immediately sacrifices some animals to God and then burns the sacrifices. He doesn't eat them? Uh, I've heard disputed accounts of that. It sounds like people do eat sacrifices, but... I know that in some cultures they don't. I haven't done the research to the artists. I feel like that's wasteful. So, okay, back it up. Yeah. So, we have a male and a female coming down for the ark because they want to preserve the species. Mm-hmm. Yet when we land, we sacrifice right. one of, so, well, in, in like one we of sacrifice the, the unicorn and the, and the dodo. dodo. In one of the overlapping flood stories, though, they have a bunch of extra clean oh, animals. Oh, they have like seven. Yeah, and you okay. wouldn't be able to sacrifice unclean animals to God. 
So this seems to be taking from that part of the story. Mm-hmm. Unless... Which is, again, super confusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He burns them... No, okay, again, the decision between animals that are clean or unclean and a bunch of those ritualistic practices aren't established until way later than Noah. So, like, we're going back to kind of the fact that that's not very logical either. Yeah. But so, Noah's sacrificing animals. God smells the offerings. And he's like, that smells crispy. <laughs> And it's he, KFC. He's like, wait a second, and that's how, and that's why Colonel Sanders is Noah. Mm-hmm. But so he smells those animals burning, and he's like, damn, that's pretty good. So he promises not to wipe out the earth again. He's like, these humans suck, but they are my babies, and I guess they're fine. Like obviously Noah turned out okay. Like maybe there's some good to this like weird petri dish that I've created. Yeah. Um, and apparently, yeah, it's like kind of unclear what changes his mind. Like he knew Noah going in. That's why he told Noah to build the fucking ark yeah so it's unclear why he's promising not to flood the world now he has no new information and in theory he's omniscient so yeah. whatever that's fine but like thanks yeah like yeah yeah that's i, I love that you're not gonna flood the earth I'm yeah cool with that. we appreciate you uh so he gifts the earth to noah and the family and tells him to go wild he's like this is your world you can populate it you can eat animals that you want don't drink blood he tells him specifically mm. do not drink the blood oh. of the animals oh okay uh, which I think that's common. I'm pretty sure that's a different kosher thing. Just that you have to make sure the blood is drained in the appropriate way before you can consume meat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I think usually s- kosher meat is very. It's not like it. It has to be well done. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I like my steaks medium rare. Yeah, you would not be able to be kosher. Okay. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that kosher started to uh, started as a health trend of. You know, if you eat, for example, pigs have horrible digestive tracts. It's like a thing. And so with modern technology, it's really easy, but in the ancient world, it was really hard to cook pig meat in a way that wouldn't make you sick. Yeah. And so, like, if it makes you sick, then don't fucking eat it. Like, this is easy. And then the whole family is blessed here, which may or may not be important later. Only time will tell. Okay. But God says, you guys, you're my favorites, you're my babies, you're all blessed. Uh, And they're the only people's left. And they're the only people left. And then God puts a rainbow in the sky as a sign of the covenant that he won't flood the earth again. The, the symbol of the rainbow indicates, like, I, it may rain, but I'm not going to flood the entire planet. That's God's promise. Not going to do it. So oh that's what a rainbow God, is. God, that's what a rainbow is. Did you is. not know that? I didn't. did didn't know that? I, was, I, I thought it was just a leprechaun yeah. story. And actually, there are a bunch of right-wing Christian groups that complain that the gay rights flag has co-opted the covenant of God. Yeah. And, like, how dare you? That's actually a promise that God's not going to flood the world. It's not your pride flag. Fuck them. (laughs) I can't believe that. If anything, that's the best use of rainbow. This is a podcast that promotes equality. Yeah. For all peoples. Also. fucking allies. Also, you know what? June is Pride Month. This is our first show that we have recorded during Pride Month. And we also have a bunch of Black Lives Matter protests. So Mm -hmm. I think it's important to mention that, like... Pride is very important. The rainbow is a symbol of the gay rights movement, and the gay rights movement should intrinsically be incredibly accepting because mm-hmm. pride was started by black trans women who, you know, took a stand. There's like standing like, ovation right here. Yes. Pride was a riot. The Stonewall riots are named that for a fucking reason. Mm-hmm. Police brutality against gay people in the 1960s was a major motivator for the reason that people were willing to stand up for gay pride, and that's why Pride Month is in June, Mm -hmm. is because the Stonewall Riots were Mm -hmm. in June. 
I do also want to, just to get back to the flood. To it, get back off our soapbox. To get back <laughs> off our soapbox. But um, a very worthy soapbox. The, so the flood is now over. And we have to remember the uh, kind of symbolism before we kind of talk about the typology of the flood myth. When you think about when the world was created, remember, everything was water, everything was chaos, and God wants to return it to watery chaos. Like he is literally unmaking the world because he is shaking the Etch-A-Sketch and bringing it back to what it was before he started because it was water when he started, it'll be water when he's done with this fucking flood. So Noah is basically like, a restart of the Adam and Eve myth, if that makes sense. Okay. So literally, is, we... yeah, we're gonna start from zero. Like at, uh, the descendants of Noah are the ones who like properly populate the earth. Like Adam and Eve have a bunch of descendants that are kind of wandering around, but we don't care about where any of them went because they all died off. They all died off, and so the Sumerian city of Erdiju, which we talk about for just a second on the Cain and Abel episode, like that's kind of an outlier because otherwise we really don't give a shit about where people are going geographically because who cares? They all die, and Noah's descendants are the ones who count. And anything that had been built prior to Noah probably got washed away in the floods. Mm-hmm. And so, like, anything that Cain would have worked on with, as an architect should be gone. I didn't even think about that. Theoretically, yeah. Theoretically. Truth-retically. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Bible's not super specific. It's open for interpretation. I think we have established the theme on the podcast that flood myths... Just like everything else, there are a million other Mesopotamian versions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Flood myths, it turns out, they're like ridiculously common. There are flood myths in North American mythology, South American mythology, Asian mythology, Africa, Europe, Polynesia. Like they are everywhere. So we're not just talking about, well, there's a gardener and God wants to relax, which is mm-hmm. also typologically very typical for Mesopotamia. But flood myths are common for like, all humans mm. which is really interesting so what you're telling me is that there was a pretty high chance that there actually was a flood so this is the ancient aliens kind of thing where if everyone <laughs> says it all heather's ever wanted <laughs> is Ugh. to have mike reference mike, i was gonna say mike Ugh. brought it up <laughs> yeah i was thinking i seriously was thinking it yeah but i, I didn't say anything i fucking hate ancient aliens <laughs> It's fucking terrible. Okay, so here's the best. Here's the thing about floods. First of all, you get branches of flood myths where, so for example, if one guy sees an alien and then he tells 10 of his friends and each of those 10 friends tell their grandkids, then all of their grandkids might remember differently minor details or all of them will be like, the 10 of us, each of our grandparents saw an alien which means that there are 10 alien myths and then they kind of self-propagate when really there was only one to begin with and maybe that guy was mistaken or on drugs or something. Mm-hmm. So you really do, you'll get, you'll get related myths that kind of branch out and then ancient aliens is like, well, if there are a lot of them, then it has to be true. And yeah. it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> if there are a lot of them, it means that they were talking to each other, which is also interesting, but it doesn't mean that it's just like true by its very base. The other thing is... <laughs> that water is a huge part of the human psyche. Rain is an obsession of all human cultures on earth because water is so nurturing to plants and because we all need to drink water to survive and blah, blah, blah. But so if humans are obsessed with rain, then what does rain cause? Floods. Okay, like just to to take a second, think about all other natural disasters. 
like earthquakes and volcanoes are super unpredictable. They're based on tectonics, which like ancient people had no perspective on. So any volcano eruption or earthquake seemed completely random to them. It wasn't like the rain where you can see it coming and floods are relatively common. Egypt famously flooded at least once, sometimes twice a year. Um, I didn't know that. That's like a major reason. I didn't either. That's like a major reason why the Nile River Valley is fertile, is because it brings a bunch of sediment and deposit. It's like fertilizing the the soil. Mm-hmm. So people are obsessed with rain. They're all constantly watching for it. So they kind of get a feel for when it's coming and when it's not. And of course, rain cycles with the seasons. There will be a wet season and a dry season. Hurricanes and tornadoes occur in certain parts of the world only. And they occur with a bunch of other inclement weather, so like they aren't necessarily going to carry the same weight as something as basic as a flood. And like, you know, disease is not well understood at all. It's kind of this vague, like, well, God's pissed, or maybe you are personally or you're sinful, possessed with demons. Or you're possessed with demons. Yeah. Floods are the best. You see rain coming. We like understand rain as an entity. Rain comes from the sky, and almost everywhere in the world has some kind of flood. It's not like a volcano where it's like there will be these in the ring of fire, but, like, outside of the Pacific Rim, it's not as big of a deal, you know, like... Yeah. So I, I think that the flood myth being typologically typical across cultures is interesting, but if humans are obsessed with water anyway, the details are very common for the Mesopotamian flood myths, and I'm sure that in, like, Polynesia, there are trends that are similar among those cultures, but... The ancient aliens approach that everyone remembers this, therefore it's true, is just a little reductive because for people to remember that kind of thing, it would make the legend like thousands and thousands and thousands of years old. I mean, humans only wandered out of Africa like 200,000 years ago. That's a long time to have the same story. True. So that's that's my soapbox about ancient aliens is that uh, correlation doesn't equal causation kind of. And that there are various reasons why that could happen. I just enjoy it. Yeah, I watch some episodes. I go back and forth. I go back and forth. Sometimes I'm on the Heather train. Sometimes I'm on the Mike train. (laughs) I'm the perfect third party. (laughs) It's misinformation and conspiracy theories. Which, I mean, makes the world go around. But granted, it's entertaining. It's also super racist. Well, thanks for... Oh, because yeah. because here's the thing about ancient aliens. Now I'm on Mike's side. I know. I, I think I might be too. Go ahead, school me. Ancient aliens firmly believes... Um, one of the main kind of premises of the show is the ancient Mayans have a really accurate calendar, for example. The Mayans were kind of obsessed with time. They had a super accurate calendar. It's more accurate than our calendar. Mm -hmm. They could predict things like eclipses, which was like insane. Mm -hmm. And you know, it was because they watched the sky a lot and like learned the calculations and kind of understood how heavenly bodies interacted with each other. Mm -hmm. The thesis whenever ancient aliens approaches cultures like that is there's no way they could be that advanced. And the subtext a lot of the time is there's, There's no, no way, way that people of color could be that. Advanced. Exactly. I think my, you know, I think you better take that me. off your DVR. Right. Because it it's like, for like if white people couldn't Man. predict eclipses, there's no way a bunch of, you know, filthy Nahuatls could do it. It's presented to you as neutral information and all of the conspiracy theorists are white guys. And there's a reason why they're so conspiracy oriented and there's a reason why they're white. Mm. So I'm going to rewatch some episodes of Ancient <laughs> Aliens, but I'm going to rewatch it with that mm-hmm. in mind yeah. and see what happens because that's very interesting to me because seriously, it never 
Honestly, it never occurred to me well, and to think of it from that way. This but is I want to go back and rewatch it with that in mind. This is also my beef with it being aired on, I think it's the History Channel? Thing? It is, the yeah. History Channel. The, like, the History Channel airs it without anything that's like, by the way, these people are fucking crazy and this mm -hmm. is just for fun. Mm -hmm. So it's on a network that is prestigious enough that you trust it as literal history. But I mean... So why would you question it? But for me, it was entertaining because it was like, you know, a supernatural show or mm -hmm. this, you know, mm -hmm. my shows. To come back to the typology of the flood myth, the Epic of Gilgamesh is uh -huh. like, it's one of the earliest kind of writings that we have. It's a Sumerian tale. Uh, Gilgamesh is this guy who is probably Sumerian king of a city called Uruk, which is also in Iraq. He probably was like a real person who lived like 2500 BCE, which is like crazy fucking long ago. Yes. But he, remember we talked about in the ancient world, humans got worshipped as deities. So he is written into this it's called the Epic of Gilgamesh after him, and in it, he's like a demigod. He's a hero who does all these crazy things and grapples with gods and stuff, and it was probably written several hundred years after his death. But in that story, Gilgamesh meets a guy named Utnapishtim. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. In the story, Gilgamesh's friend has died, and he's looking for immortality. And he meets a guy named Utnapishtim because Utnapishtim is Noah, basically. And he's like, well, you survived when everything else died, so how'd you do that? Because in the story, the high god Enlil decides humans are really loud, they're too noisy, and so he floods the earth to kill them all. Yeah, and he's, I mean, he's annoyed with them. That's mm -hmm. not unlike the Genesis story. Mm -hmm. And then the god Ea, who is one of the ones who created humans out of clay and blood, which we did uh, mention in the Adam and Eve episode. Mm -hmm. Yawa. And that's Ea. also how Wonder Ea. Woman was created. Just want to put that I mean, there. <laughs> Come on. How do you know this? How do you not? I know. But so Ea secretly warns Utnapishtim and gives him instructions on how to build a boat. It rains. He puts a bunch of animals on the ark. He sends out a dove and a raven to find land. He lands on a mountain. He's granted a place with the gods and immortality. And so that's why Gilgamesh seeks him out. But like notice that that is almost exactly the Noah myth. Yeah, and so then Gilgamesh is like, yo, how do I get my mountain? <laughs> yeah, the end of the story is that Gilgamesh goes home and accepts his mortality. Mm. There's also a Greek flood myth mm -hmm. um, in Plato's Timaeus, which is written in 360 BCE. There's a story where Zeus is angry about constant human wars, and he floods the earth. Well, that's not a human's problem, that's Ares' problem. Right. That's a really interesting thing about Greek mythology, is that the Greek gods often personify human traits, but then the humans are punished depending. for doing Well, them. it depends on the story, because sometimes humans do things without the gods' influence, but sometimes the gods are the ones who are pulling the strings, but sometimes, but technically the gods are always pulling the strings. Like, it's super murky. Yeah. But um, in this Greek case... Greek mythology is difficult. It is. Mm -hmm. I mean, all mythologies are difficult, but yeah. in Greek mythology in particular, the deities are so emotional. Uh, so Zeus is angry about constant human wars, Zeus floods the earth, but then Prometheus, remember he's the one who brought fire to humans, mm -hmm. he tells the plan to a man named Deucalion and instructs him to build an ark, and then after nine days and nights, uh, because obviously the sacred number changes culture to culture, then the ark lands on a mountain. Obviously, Heather. Uh, but so anyway, it was probably, the flood myth was probably part of a larger cultural exchange. So people just really like that one and just keep bringing it into different cultures. Yeah. 2,000 years from now when people listen to this... They're going to be like, wow, I can't believe that, you know, our God, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Mike. Everyone. 
<laughs> everyone, everyone goes to church and they say the word of the Lord. Yas, queen. <laughs> Yes. Can we just start that now? Yeah. <laughs> the word of the Lord. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. <laughs> we have to do it as nice as possible. So we know a lot of things. We know a lot of things regarding the history of the surface of the earth. There's a lot of scientific sources. There was not a flood. Like, that's that seems incredibly clear from the scientific evidence. Wait. There was not a flood. There was not a flood as the Bible describes. That would have lasted 150 days. And that humans would have remembered. Anywhere. Yeah. So, like, during the last glacial period, um, so that's the Paleolithic to Mesolithic times, um, so that would be about 12,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. That would have been the time when humans were first beginning to develop art and religion. Okay. There would have been some floods because the glaciers were receding and everything was melting. And so one of the theories is from 12,000 years ago, humans ha- remember the flood myth, but mm-hmm. it has changed so much culture to culture. So I have a question that's just popped in my head. Okay. You know how we said we know that Jesus was a historical figure? Yeah. Yes. That's a true fact. Do we know, is Noah a, a historical figure? Noah is fact? almost certainly not. Okay. There's no way that he there, could have been. I'm just asking. Until we get to King David, mm-hmm. who maybe, like, very, very dubiously, possibly could have been a historically fig- historical figure. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, let's get there. <laughs> uh, so basically, until King David, we can't guarantee that anyone is a historical figure. And King David was also probably, like, he is very mythologized. He <gasps> might have lived. There was, like, I think there's one inscription in Hebrew that refers to someone named, uh, it's, it says DWD, which would have been David. But, like, super shaky. Everything up till then is basically pure mythology. See, that's interesting because I didn't really know that. Mm-hmm. You know. Well, and people who... I thought there could have been a Noah, but did the flood really happen? Right. And there are a lot of people who are fundamentalists who believe that the Bible is 100% literally true. In my opinion... No. Yeah. I mean, yes. It like can. the Bible is a, the Bible is a historical document. It consistently uh, contradicts itself. I've often thought as we've done the show that, you know, it's possible that individual Christians or Jews could listen and be offended. I've tried my best to kind of keep the content at like a an academic level and mm-hmm. we haven't intended to insult anybody. And I think that we've done a, a reasonably good job with most of that, but the, the only demographic that will consistently be very insulted yeah. by what we're saying are the people who believe that the Bible is 100% literally true. And yeah. let's just say they probably are not listening. Probably not yeah. listening. And if they do, they won't listen again. But, I mean, we've, we've prefaced this that we are three friends getting together, mm-hmm. talking about the Bible. None of us are claiming to be an expert, though. Right. Mike, sure is close. You, you are, talk a good game. You talk a good game. Yeah. And you know we don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know. It's just it's just a discussion. Don't you smite agree. us, God. Don't smite us. But you know if someone gets offended. Yeah, we're that, doing our best. We're know, not intending to insult we're not anybody. Intending to, and you know, but I'm not. But I'm not going to apologize mm-hmm. if they get offended because yeah. Heather is putting down some stakes well, in the ground. I mean, you know, like I said, it's not like we're trying to change someone's mind. Or convince them of something mm-hmm. and if they don't agree with something we said that's fine I mean that's that's their choice that's their right mm-hmm. but I'm not gonna you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah. I'm, you know I'm, I'm saying. feeling that feels yeah absolutely I mean we we 
like I said, we're surrounded with, with love. We don't ever intentionally offend or hurt anyone, but you're going to, no matter what you do or oh, yeah. how, yeah. you know, how conscious you are of it. Mm-hmm. So, this is emotionally charged material. And I think I'm to the point in my life that, you know, don't care. Yeah, live your <laughs> so, best life. Yeah. Yeah. But so, yeah, I mean, I, I think we can pretty safely conclude as far as the science goes um, that the flood myth didn't happen mm-hmm. as, as the Bible says. There are other theories. So one, the first one is that the floods of the last glacial period when humans were first kind of coming up with religion. Mm-hmm. Um, another thought is that humans found fish or like um, seashell fossils hmm. and that people were like, oh, well, there must have been an ocean here. And there, like, must have been a flood because that's how water would have gotten here Mm -hmm. because rain happens. So blah, blah, blah. Um, And we've already talked about how humans have such a close psychology with water. So long story short, there are a few different reasons, but it's pretty clear that there wasn't an actual flood. Um, You guys... (laughs) You guys want to get to the curse of ham? Yes. This so is what I've been way. waiting for. So because I don't understand why we would curse my love ham. Why would we curse ham? Ham is fabulous. Ham, ham is I mean, delicious. Let's see what he gets cursed about because I might change my mind. So, the curse of ham has nothing to do with food poisoning. Okay. So Noah invents wine. He plants a vineyard. He realizes that with grapes he can make wine. He gets fucking trashed. He does not record a fun podcast with his friends. (laughs) Instead, he passes out in his tent. So one of the, as a side note, one of the interpretations that's like very traditional says, well, drinking wine is bad. So the reason why this isn't a problem is because Noah didn't know that the wine would fuck him up because he just invented it. So like he drinks this grape nonsense and oh, why am I so dizzy? And then he's naked and he passes out. So he's having a power blackout. It happens. Yeah, right. yeah. It, like, who among us? Yeah, right. yeah. Don't judge. <laughs> so Noah's having a power blackout in his tent. He is bare-ass naked. And Ham walks into the tent, and he sees his father naked, naked and ashamed. And he goes out, and he tells his brothers, Shem and Japheth. And he's like, Dad is naked. He's a hot mess express. Like, look at this bitch. And then Japheth and Shem go and grab a blanket and neither of them look at Noah's nakedness. They just lay the blanket on top of him. And so they never see his ass cock or balls. And then Noah wakes up and he's all grumpy and he goes, fucking ham. His son Canaan is going to suffer for this. Canaan will be the servant to Shem and Japheth and probably all of their offspring. Because ham saw his dad naked. Yeah, so that's that's the story. What are your what are your kind of first reactions, just kind of from the basic text? Okay, I have questions. So basically, Noah naked and intent. Ham walks in, unbeknownst to him that his dad's naked and intent, sees him and is like, "Hmm, dad's naked." Walks out, tells his brothers, "Like his, bros, come here, yeah. come here. Guess what I just saw? Yeah, check out this dick. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, bro, dad's naked." weird and the bros are like hmm well we don't want to see that we're gonna throw a blanket on him who does want to see right that? so they go in throw a blanket on him and then noah wakes up sees a blanket on him and then is like fucking ham but how did he know that ham saw him naked if he was passed out drunk and how does he know that ham's not the one who put the blanket on him yeah and so he just wakes up and is like obviously prejudging of my my precious angel baby ham and is like 
God damn it, Ham. You know what? I don't like you, and I don't like your fucking son, who's my grandson. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to go make him a slave to my other sons. So first of all, I might tell you to hedge your bets with Ham. Oh, poor Vangel. But, um, so a few things before we really get into the, like, deeper commentary of this. So I wrote a few things about this. First of all, what the fuck? Second of all, it is such a weird story that it must be taken out of context, right? Like, yeah. it does not make any fucking sense. There must be more to it. Yeah. The, another question is, why Canaan? Noah wakes up and he curses Canaan and not Ham. Right. One of the reasons, it, it's kind of guessed that maybe it might be because Ham is so close. Ham is Noah's own son. Uh, Ham was on the ark. And remember, we said when they got off the ark that God blessed the entire family. Well, if God blessed that family, then maybe Noah can't curse Ham because Ham is blessed. So he has to go to Canaan instead. That's one of the thoughts. Okay. What's the big deal? <laughs> and so your dad naked. So one of the interpretations is that Ham disrespected Noah. He Why? He stomped on his street cred because he went to his brothers and he embarrassed Noah by being like, Dad's naked. Everybody come look at his penis. I mean, who wouldn't do that? <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't. God. I guess, what I, guess what I just saw. Come on. If you saw your parent do something embarrassing, you wouldn't go run to your siblings and tell them all about it? I mean, I'd think about it. I mean, I would. Also, can we talk about, like, what kind of a loser thing it is to, like, each brother grabbed, like, a corner of the blanket and was like, here, Dad. <laughs> like, Daddy, you must be sleepy. Yeah. Like, let us. Let us cover you. Mm -hmm. So or hey mom, go cover dad with a blanket. Yeah, right. Where is mom? Yeah, we don't talk we about her because she's we a don't woman. Don't talk about women. Duh, Tara. Literally, fallopian yeah. tubes. The Book of Leviticus, which we've we've talked about Leviticus a lot, but in the Book of Leviticus there are a lot of rules on how to live your life. Mm -hmm. Leviticus is the book that famously has the passage that says that man cannot lie with man because it's an abomination. It also has a bunch of rules about like. If you perform bestiality, then the person who performed bestiality needs to be put to death, and the animal that was, you know, unto whom the bestiality was done also needs to be put to death. Like, it's a bunch of rules like that. Not the animal's fault. Right? It was non-consensual. Right? But the animal has been defiled okay. spiritually. In Leviticus, there's a part of the text that euphemistically calls fucking seeing their nakedness. So oh. Ham, so that so implies, Ham fucked his dad. So that implies that Ham did something sexual, either to pass out Noah or possibly, based on the phrasing, to Noah's wife, who would be Ham's own mother. In the interpretation that Ham might have, Ham. in the interpretation that Ham fucked his own mother, one of the one of the thoughts on that is that Canaan might be a product of the incest, and so Noah is cursing Canaan for that reason. Yeah, but. Not Canaan's fault. fault. Now I'm right. feeling bad for Canaan. Right? Well, like Heather said, Noah wakes up and says, cursed be Canaan. And like, he was asleep, but he knows that something happened, which implies that way more than looking happened. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I actually thought that's what you were going to say originally before you were like, and then he walked out and told his brothers, I thought you were going to be like, he saw his nakedness and was like, that looks like something I should touch. Yeah. And I was like, gross. Yeah. And I mean, it is very, very much. I actually, I think that to me, the idea that Ham raped his own father is kind of, I don't know. I think that it makes more sense than that he engaged in incest with his mother. But based on the phrasing in Leviticus, when that phrase is used, it's possible. Anyway. 
I guess, see, in my instinctual is that it probably makes less sense for him to do something to his dad just because of how patriarchal that world was. To do that to your father would probably be, like, insanely, like, horrible. Mm -hmm. But doing that to a woman, she's just property anyway. Mm -hmm. Who cares if she's my mother? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, type thing. That's true. Mm -hmm. Put a pin in that. Okay. Tara's all tingly now. She's like, ooh, I hit on something. Yeah. So we're gonna make a leap now. Okay. Because we've talked already about the intertextuality in the Noah story because in Plato's Timaeus, there is a flood myth. Yes. In Greek mythology, there are... So there's the Greek creation story, blah, 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 um, in the Theogony. Uh, You read about how... Gaia and Uranus come up, and then they have children, and the Titans, and blah, blah, blah. So in Greek mythology, Kronos castrates his father Uranus because Uranus hates his children. Uranus imprisons his children. Uranus is the sky. His wife is the earth. His wife is Gaia. So he imprisons their children under Gaia, and it gives Gaia pain to, like, have her children within her like that. And in revenge, Kronos breaks free, and castrates his father. And that, like, uh, so first of all, crucially, it prevents him from having more sons, right? Like, that's a major thing when you live in a patriarchy. But it also, like, takes away his manhood, his, like, power, in, like, a psychological sense. Mm -hmm. And then Cronus becomes the chief god for a hot sec until Zeus comes along and overthrows him. So, in Greek... Didn't Cronus eat his children? Yes, Cronus did eat his children. Cronus and did Zeus eat his children. Zeus is his child. Child. Yes. And I'm Zeus really in the Greek yeah, mythology. Yeah. I yeah. literally could do a whole thing and about it. And wasn't Zeus like the last child and his mom was trying to hide him? Yes. And Zeus killed mm-hmm. Cronus. And killing mm-hmm. Cronus and released all his brothers and mm-hmm. sisters from his stomach. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So in Greek <laughs> I'm mythology. I'm like, like I said, I could do this for a while. <laughs> Drunk or not. Yeah. <laughs> like, bring it. <laughs> in Greek mythology, you have a theme of sons betraying fathers and taking over their power. So are you getting ready to tell me that Ham did that to his dad because that would take away his power and therefore he would be the chief? Possibly. Whoa. But so here's the thing. So we have sons overthrowing tyrannical fathers. Remember Aphrodite and Adonis came from Near Eastern religions. It is like very possible that the Greeks and the Israelites kind of shared parts of their legends. Mm -hmm. So it's not unthinkable that the myth was that Ham castrated his father. And then eventually the myth kind of got softened over time, and mm-hmm. especially in the days of, you know, Leviticus or something, mm-hmm. it became that he saw his nakedness, and everyone kind of knows what that means, and then we just move on. And then if Ham castrates his father, this is kind of convoluted, so bear with me. If Ham castrates his father, that means that Noah has three sons. He has Shem, Ham, and Japheth. It means that Noah would not be able to have a fourth son. And Canaan is Ham's fourth son. So it would be that Noah is cursing Canaan because that's his fourth son that, because of Ham, he would never have. Does that make sense? Interesting. Yeah. So, like, why Canaan? Well, Canaan is is the fourth son, and Noah will never have a fourth son. There are a lot of kind of psychological components that float around. Noah, like, is violated by... 
Ham's action. And then Noah meets out a punishment to Ham's son, which is a cycle of abuse, right? Ham violates Noah. Noah violates Canaan. Who's Canaan going to violate? You know, like, it's very much that abusive mindset of when something terrible happens to a family member because abuse is unfortunately medium common in this world. Mm -hmm. Like, you know. Interesting. There is an idea that Ham is kind of tainted and that his son is explicitly tainted, right? Because Noah curses Canaan. So Canaan is significant because, again, Ham has three other sons. These are the only people left in the world. I mean, obviously, scientifically, sociologically, that's not the case. But one of the really interesting things about the Noah's descendants myth is that each individual goes to a different region, and then the region is named after the individual. So it would kind of be like, we already mentioned that, you know, we're from the Midwest. If I am creating a flood myth, and everything is located in, you know, this region, then it would be like, well, I, America, have sons named Nebraska, Oklahoma, and Iowa, and then Iowa's son, Illinois, you know, like, that's mm-hmm. kind of how it, yeah. how it meets out. Yeah. And um, so Canaan is named that because Canaan goes to the land of Canaan. Mm-hmm. Well, the land of Canaan is the promised land. And way, way, way later, after the Israelites leave Egypt in Exodus, they go to the promised land because God promises the promised land to the Israelites. And the promised land is full of evil people. And the Israelites kill all of the evil people and take over the land. So they kill all of the Cain. All of, all all of Canaan's, Canaan's descendants. Exactly. Okay. So... Then you have to, so the Israelites probably made this legend to justify the fact that the Canaanites are evil people. Noah cursed them. And so, so they don't deserve to have their land. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So who who are the Israelites descended from? They would be descended from Shem. From a historical perspective, it's way more likely that the Israelites were a part of one of the groups that was in kind of the Canaan area that kind of split off and then conquered it. It would be kind of like... We have America right now. Texas secedes, and then Texas conquers America, and then it's the United States of Texas instead of the United States of America. It's probably more like that, where it's like you were already a part of it, but you have exerted control instead of you are a third party who's kind of wandering in and you say so. Yeah. I do want to take a second to talk about the three sons and the way that they populate the ancient world because it's important for our story and it's also important for like modern sociology. There are a lot of descendants in the list who, like, no one knows anything about, so I've tried to keep it kind of basic and not list out every single son of so-and-so, because to some extent you just... It's like, so-and-so has a son such-and-such, and and it's like, where did such-and-such go? There is no country called that, so we don't really understand. Mm -hmm. I do want to add the disclaimer that white supremacists love these. There are a lot of super racist kind of approaches. Obviously, Ham is cursed. The three brothers, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, populate areas where Shem populates Asia, specifically the Middle East. Ham populates Africa, like one of his sons populates Egypt. And Japheth populates Anatolia, which is Turkey, and Europe. If Ham populates Africa, and Ham is the one who sees his father's nakedness and gets cursed, Obviously, we already mentioned in the Cain and Abel episode, but just to repeat, mm-hmm. that's one of the explanations for, for slavery. 
is that those people are descended from Ham, and therefore blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. like I say, white supremacists love to talk about these, but again, a lot of these names are just country names. They're not yeah. necessarily... So, yeah. it's kind of murky. Like, be forewarned. Um, okay. So, Shem. This is where we get the word Semite, like Semitic languages. Mm-hmm. It's also where we get the word, like, anti-Semitism. comes from the name Shem. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, he populates roughly Mesopotamia with his five sons, and Semitic generally refers to people of a certain language family. It's racially, it's not a term anymore. It's basically only used linguistically. But so he has Elam, who's the father of the Elamites, who hang out in Iran for a while until the Achaemenid Empire, which is the one that Alexander the Great defeats. Ashur, which is Assyria. And then Arpakstad, which is the uh, line that Abraham comes from later, because Abraham's going to be important. And apparently, according to Luke, Jesus is from the Arpakstad branch. So that one matters. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Say that again. Arpakstad. 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 Then Ham, I'm just going to breeze through these. Ham has four sons, which is uh, Africa, so father of Cush. Cush is south of Egypt in, like, Ethiopia, Sudan. Uh, Mizraim is another one of Ham's sons. That's the word for Egypt in Hebrew. So his son, Egypt. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then Canaan, who we've talked about. And then Japheth has seven sons, again, in the kind of Europe area. And this is where we get the word Caucasian to describe white people, because the tradition is that Japheth, so they land in Turkey, which is by Armenia, right? Mm -hmm. That Armenia is in the Caucasus region. So the story is that Japheth took his descendants up to the Caucasus mountains, and that's where Europeans became white. And then from there, Japheth and his descendants left and settled Europe. And so the reason why Europeans are white, they are quote-unquote Caucasian. Huh. Why would they turn white? I mean, those mountains. mountains. Wouldn't you be It's like Kentucky when they go blue. What? What? You guys don't know that? Do not cut this out. I'll murder you. There's this, like, mountain range in Kentucky where these people were going up into the mountains and a bunch of ancestral things were happening. And because of the type of biological stuff that, like, they were eating and other factors and stuff yeah. like that, they were all turning blue, like Smurfs. If you Google it, they're actual people. Oh, I think I've heard And of they're, this. like, mountain people. And they're still alive to this day. This, like, tribe of people who live up in the mountains somewhere, like, in... Kentucky, West Virginia, like that kind of area. And they have to come down every so often, like if somebody gets really sick or something like that. Um, it's kind of like the Amish, where they uh-huh. like completely seclude themselves yeah. and want to live independently and everything. And they're blue. Anyway, Google that, my friends. That's very That's what I can give you. They're blue. Oh, I told you. But there are a couple pink ones. Well, yeah, because not everybody turns oh, okay. blue. So, Okay. They go up in the mountains and they turn white. Yeah. I do, uh, I do really quickly want to touch on a different thing that will also medium wrinkle your brain. Okay. I love this. <laughs> Japheth has uh-huh. a son named Gomer. Gomer is not important. His son, his son, though, is Ashkenaz. And Ashkenaz settles the area that at first it's kind of like Russia, but then eventually they kind of move him farther to the west and... They, he's kind of known for settling e- the Eastern Europe area. Okay. And that's why they're called Ashkenazi Jews. 
is because they're Jewish people who ended up in the area that Ashkenaz settled. So those are the descendants of Noah. So we've now done the flood and the curse of Ham and then the population of the earth. So Noah lives another 350 years. And so he's he, like 1,200 years old by now? He dies at 950. So this is the beginning of the end of the long lives, uh, like we talked about. It may be the long lives were supposed to be lunar cycles, maybe the firmament collapsed, and that's really the big problem here, blah, blah, blah. It's also really common, kind of cross-culturally, to have mythical figures with ridiculously long lives. It's kind of associated with the age of heroes, you know, the kind of... It's kind of like how... I know we talk about the Greeks a lot, but the myths of Homer, the Iliad and the Odyssey, they take place in the Bronze Age. Well, the Mycenaean civilization for the Greeks was fucking baller in the Bronze Age. We've mentioned before that they had their own writing system. Like, they were, they were a really flourishing civilization. And then there was a Dark Age everywhere in the Mediterranean, actually. Uh, Egypt has, like, really interesting records of this. And the Mycenaean civilization just collapsed. But the Greeks... Even in the Dark Ages, even when they lost their writing, they still kind of viewed that time as being romantically beautiful, and like the gods were around in the Iliad and the Odyssey, the gods and their spirits, and it's very kind of sentimental. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, like, it's very possible that Noah living a fuck ton of years has to do with this idea that, you know, way back in the day, God loved us so much and he was around all the time and people lived a long time and that's all there is to it. And, you know, there might not be a very easy explanation for it. Sure. So that's it. So then we do a bunch of genealogy and then comes the Tower of Babel, which we are not going to get to next episode, but the one after that, because next episode we're going to be doing Simon Peter. I don't know who that is. <laughs> I... No, my claims have mentioned them before in past conversations before we decided to do the podcast. I have no memory of them. When he said their names, I literally thought he was going to tell me about a band. So I'm really excited for next episode because it sounds like it's going to be a blast. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Absolutely. So. What, what did I learn? Yeah, what did you guys learn? Can I just tell you guys that this is my most hated part? You've already, you said that last time. I know. I just feel like this is test time and I always... We don't, like, have, we don't have to do no, it. No, we have to because it's actually really important. And what I learned is that Noah had only seven days to build this boat. He was really close to God for some reason that like he was important. And so God was like, build yourself a boat because some shit's about to get real. And then he built his boat in seven days and had 40 days and 40 nights, which are just 40 days. To sit on this boat. We don't know how the animals got there. They got there. And there were some women on the boats with these men, but they don't get talked about. We don't know if they had sex or not. They probably did, because God knows you're pretty bored for 40 days. They uh, probably ran the ark. Oh, yeah, those women. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then a dove found some land, and so they got off the boat and then civilized the world with their children. Got drunk. Yeah, and then Noah got drunk. Something happened to him. We don't want to talk about it because we don't know. <laughs> we just know it was bad. Mm -hmm. And then his sons left him and made modern-day Africa, Europe, Middle East. And that's the story. And then he died. Mm -hmm. Pretty <laughs> much. Finally. Yeah. He finally. finally finally. Yeah, he, he took a sweet time about right. it. Right. Yeah. He had some work to do, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then there's some genealogy, and then we get to Babel. Mm -hmm. Boom. I love it. Good stuff. For okay. sure. 
Well, I think I think that wraps up our good friend Noah. Yeah, I think so too. I think this one was a good one to talk about with the current events of the world and stuff because I think that it is a good dialogue to remember how people lean into these um, mythologies. Myst- yeah, stories and mythologies to explain, you know, their righteousness of hatred and that's not okay. So I'm really proud of us for doing this one. I think that it's horrible that the times are what they are, but I'm glad to talk about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. My my heart is just aching over how broken our world is. And it's just... I think it's about time we took a stand for what's right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And recognize what's wrong because at the end of the day, trying to untangle the racist traditions that are set by stories like the Noah mm-hmm. story, it's... It's not going to be like lancing a boil. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like learning how to walk again after a head injury. And it's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of work and a lot of therapy. And it's going to be really hard. But if we are able to do that, we'll be much better for it. Yes. Yeah. And, and I have to believe, I want to believe, I hope this is true, that out of this, hopefully some positive growth and something good will come out of it. Absolutely. Yeah. So. All right. Stay safe. Be kind. Stay safe. Be kind. Thank Love you for you. listening. Bye. 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 I have a couple of just like fun factoids. Love it. Love it. Today's mini clip is not nearly as juicy as the Mary Magdalene episode. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think you're ever going to top that. Nothing one. will no, ever top that one. No. no. You set that the bar really high. It's just, yeah. No, I just, I was fascinated by all of the research that I got to do into the genealogies of Noah's sons. Like I said, white supremacists love these because they mean that you can lump people into categories. And if Ham fucked something up, then all of Ham's descendants can be lumped into that fuck up. And it, it's a lot more, it's a lot easier if you're a white nationalist to be like, ah, yes, all people are bad, you know, anything as complicated as the truth, which is way more like groups of people interacting with each other and kind of sloshing back and forth like the tide. There were really interesting things like one of Shem's sons, Elam, the Elamites spoke a language isolate. It's completely unrelated to the Semitic languages. So it's interesting that they like lump them in because clearly they don't fit in in other ways. Yeah, they're definitely a square peg in a round hole. Exactly. It's fascinating because, like, you can tell, like, if you speak English and you look at Swedish, we have the word hound, and in Swedish, the word for dog is hund. So, like, obviously there are connections. So ancient peoples were just like, yeah, there are connections. They must be all descended from the same ancestor or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then they're so happy to lump people in that they lump the Elamites in, for mm-hmm. example which is interesting. But um, Ashur, so Ashur is the father of the Assyrians. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to talk about Assyria because they're in the Nelson Atkins, there's a relief of a genie fertilizing a fig tree. And that is from ancient Assyria. So that- Field fucking trip. Yeah, I was like- All the museums are closed. I thought they were back open now. (sighs) There's gotta be a picture like on Google. Oh yeah, there absolutely is. We can post it on Facebook. It's from the reign of Usher Nasserpal, I think. But yeah, I also wanted to touch on, so one of Ham's descendants, Kush, um, the Kushites live south of Egypt, so Sudan, basically. I wanted to touch on the phrase Kush as a marijuana slang. 
Okay. Why is your face making? Because going. I didn't know that. It's like, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People say that, that good get kush. get like, I'd never heard of I, that either. Kush <laughs> as slang for weed comes from the Hindu kush, which is the name of the mountain range. It is across Afghanistan and Pakistan, and that's where that sub, there's an indica subspecies of marijuana that comes from the, the Hindu kush. Mm-hmm. So when people call it, you know, that good kush, that good kush. It's, oh. it has nothing to do with Hamsun kush or the civilization in Sudan. Mm-hmm. It's about the, it's about the Middle Eastern area. Now the only pot I want to smoke is kush. The good kush. Yeah, the good I kush. I feel so hip now. The last thing that I want to say, and this will be, this will be the, the end of my kind of language rabbit hole, is that so? I said that Hamsun Mizraim. Mizraim is the Hebrew word for Egypt. Mizraim. Yep. It's beautiful, actually. Mm-hmm. Isn't it? it is. And uh, I think ancient Hebrew, the R was pronounced like a Spanish R. It's called a tap. Mizraim. Modern Hebrew, because of the kind of Ashkenazi influence, so many Jewish people were in Germany, they do the uvular one now. So it's Mizraim. 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 That's not it. <laughs> Well, we'll practice. But so Mizraim is interesting because it's the dual form of the word for fortress. So the two fortresses is what it's called. And it probably refers to the fact that through most of Egyptian history, the upper kingdom, which is south, and the lower kingdom, which is north, were like kind of, it's, it's called, they're called upper and lower because the Nile flows from high to low. Yeah. Then it flows northwards. But so the two kingdoms were kind of separate for a long time. They're always kind of the two areas of Egypt, I guess. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it's probably called that because there were two Egypts. And then, but the word that we use for Egypt, we can trace its roots back to the Greek word um, aegyptos, which is obviously a cognate. But this wrinkled my brain. Aegyptos is the way that the Greeks pronounced a word that is natively Egyptian. Chawit kuripta. I'm sorry, say that again. (laughs) Hawit kur pitah. I said it wrong the first time. Okay. The the Egyptian word. That's what I thought you said it wrong. Right. So yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best thing all night. Oh. Oh, that was embarrassing for me. That was amazing. The Egyptian word is hawit kur pitah. 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 So that means the temple to the ka, a ka means like a spirit. Mm-hmm. That means the temple to the spirit of Ptah, who is a, a, um, a Egyptian bread. god. What? Bread. Pita. Did you say bread? Yeah, pita. No. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. No. Because I thought of pita from the Hunger Games. <laughs> uh, you are such a pop culture whore. I but so yeah the the word that the greeks were using for egyptian that lasted long enough that we're using it now is actually just the name that the egyptians used for one of their temples in memphis which is a major city on the nile so it would be kind of like if walking in memphis (laughs) you want to see the temple of ptah (laughs) would that be good But, like, it would be kind of like if a foreign country was like, I don't know anything about the word America. We call them Washington Monument. <laughs> and it's like, well, Washington Monument is not what... Like, that's that's yeah. literally an important building in our country. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. then Washington Monument becomes Washington Monument. 
and then everywhere in the world calls us Washtamun. And it's like, that's not... Dude! <laughs> we have a name! That's, not it. that's, that's what, what happened. That's what happened to the four Egyptians. 10,000 years later. Yeah, we're, right? we're Washmen. We're Merkin? We're, oh my we're god. Merkin. We're Merkin. We're Merkin. <laughs> we're Merkin walking a Mendes. So that's my, those are my um, thoughts on some of the descendants of, of Noah's. Very good. Very good. This was a good one. <laughs> good night. Good yeah. thank you. Good night. Good, good night. Good thank you. All right, so okay. circa 2001, 13, 14, I believe a movie came out with Russell Crowe mm-hmm. about Noah. And Shit, I cannot believe I didn't reference that movie. Yeah. Go ahead. It's so, so bad. It is. It's awful. It's a horrible movie. So it had Hermione in it. It did. It did. It had Emma Watson, your queen, queen among women. And I took my husband to go see it because he loves the Bible. And the whole time I just kept nudging him and being like, why is this happening? I don't understand. <laughs> this doesn't make sense. So this is what I took from it. Noah. He was married to this woman. He had two sons. These two sons were kind of shitty. Like, not shitty, like, in the sense of, like, they were bad people. Shitty in the sense of they were just kind of lazy, not very good sons that, like, a dad would be proud of. Ungrateful. Ungrateful. Yeah, they were vaguely wangs. Yeah, yeah. He just was like, oh, these boys that I was gifted, what did I do wrong, God? I want to be a man of God. And God was like, listen, I'm going to tell you something. There's some shit about to go down on this world, okay? I'm not very happy with the way things have been. I'm going to make it rain. And it's not going to be dollar dollar bills all. It's going to be real actual rain. I need you to build yourself a boat. (laughs) Um, I mean, that's how he has to show his commitment to God, is he has to build the boat. I also thought that it was very Simba Pride Rock, where, like, a light just shone on the boat, and all of a sudden animals just started showing up for it. Yeah, very much so. I think that's how it's portrayed in the movie as well. I don't quite remember, but somehow animals get there. And then there's this girl who just shows up, and she's like an orphan. And they're like, well, we can't just leave you. I guess you can come on the boat with us, but you're going to be our daughter. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly the boys start, like, falling in love with this chick, and then one of them starts doing her. And the next thing you know, they're on the boat, and she's pregnant with twins, and Noah goes crazy, loses his shit, and is like, this is not a righteous God thing. Mike's going to cut all this out. And <laughs> then they have twins, and Noah tries to kill the babies, but then they don't kill the babies. And then they suddenly find land, they get off the land, and Russell Crowe's naked on the beach. That's what I remember about Noah's Ark. Oh, 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 And while they're building, before they get on the boat, they build this wall, like, around where they're building the boat, and all these people who are, like, the sons and daughters of Cain come, and they want to get on the boat, and Noah's like, you step away from a fucking boat. So that's the story of Noah. Thank you all for joining us. <laughs> I've done a really wonderful job. Mike's so impressed. I have a question. Yeah. This is like the Russell Crowe movie, which you said is not accurate. Accurate. They weren't allowed to have sex, right? In that movie? Like, no one was allowed to... Well, here's and the thing. They why... weren't married in, on, in the Russell Crowe movie, which is mm-hmm. why they were like, you can't have sex with this girl. She's your sister, adopted sister. You're not married to her. But I didn't think anyone, even the animals, were allowed to procreate. Because God wanted to destroy the earth. And that's why Russell Crowe wanted to kill the babies, because they weren't meant to live on. They were supposed to land, 
and then just the humankind, mankind was just supposed to die out. There's nothing in the in the biblical account of Noah and his family on the ark that says that they weren't allowed to. They weren't allowed to do. Procreate. I mean, I think that it makes logical sense that like if God is putting a pause and shaking the etch a sketch, mm-hmm. that He doesn't want to like pause until I'm done shaking yeah. the etch a sketch and then we can move on. So I think that's logically a leap that you could make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I interpreted that Russell Crowe scene <laughs> about being about that um, there, like. There wasn't enough, um, like... Food. Yes. Substance to live on. And so, like, we weren't... You're not... Like, keep your shit in your pants for mm-hmm. 150 days. Like... Yeah. You know, 190, whatever, 200 days. Mm-hmm. And, like, once we get to land, I don't care what you do, but, like, do not put your burden mm-hmm. on this family that's stuck on a boat mm-hmm. type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's how I interpreted it. Yeah. Russell, call me. Yeah. <laughs> I bet my dad would be a Noah. (laughs) And then he'd try to murder twins. Mm, Okay. Yeah.